Tomorrow, New Year's Day, a number of works written in 1924 will have outlived their legal copyright status and enter public domain. This means anyone can record and perform these old songs and symphonies without having to pay royalty fees to estates or publishers. 95 years is longer than any composer can hope to benefit from their work while alive, but Congress has repeatedly extended the term, much to the benefit of rights holders like Disney and Time Warner. The latest extension, Sonny Bono's Law, also called the Mickey Mouse Protection Act, gave 20 years of added income to publishers. So it's been a wait, but 1924 is now open to us. It was a fruitful time for American music. The jazz age was dawning, and there was an explosion of new media in the form of phonograph records and radio. Music theater was evolving, and the Gershwin brothers had their first hit. So what goes into public domain tomorrow? There's George Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue and Puccini's Last Opera Turandot, and a whole bunch of pop tunes from right when the 20s really started roaring. We'll no doubt start hearing these in commercials and soundtracks a lot more often, which is fine, because it belongs to us now. For KMUW, I'm Mark Foley. And you're listening to Musical Space. I'm Fletcher Powell here, of course, with Mark Foley. Hey, Mark. Howdy, Fletcher. And uh, songs all today written in 1924, not all recorded in 1924. That would be a little. Right. That would be a little difficult, I think. Yes. Uh huh. But uh, but interesting <laughs> to to see all of these written in 1924. Of course, uh, as you mentioned, we're definitely going to get to some Gershwin. Um, yes. But uh-huh. we're starting out with uh, Bix Beiderbecke. Tell me about this tune that we're hearing. Yeah, uh, this tune was actually recorded in 1924, wow. which, is, which is amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah. this tune is called Copenhagen. Uh, it's not named after the country, it's named after the chewing tobacco <laughs> that I think the tuba player of the Wolverines oh <laughs> used. So Bixer Beiderbecke, uh, infamous and very famous uh, trumpet player, uh, wrote this tune, uh, recorded it with the Wolverines. I just love this stuff. Um, all the rest of the stuff we're going to hear today, I think, was recorded after 1924. Uh, so we should we should say that the recordings are not going into public domain, so don't start sampling those yet. That is a good point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you want to go, go on. Um, the next person I wanted to listen to was uh, Ma Rainey, Gertrude Ma Rainey. She's known as the mother of the blues. And this is really cool to me that, you know, now that phonograph records are coming in, the blues is becoming a form, and it's becoming a legitimate form that people are buying and listening to. Um, I like how there's this porosity between the blues and jazz. Uh, Louis Armstrong is on trumpet on this track. This is called C.C. Rider Blues, uh, which is an old blues term, a C.C. Rider, Easy Rider. Um, sometimes it's S-E-E, sometimes it's C dot C. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all refers to someone of maybe less than upstanding morals, uh, maybe someone easy to get to know. Let's 
we'll switch gears quite a bit, uh, I guess, <laughs> with a piece that you mentioned uh, a few moments ago, Puccini and Turandot, or or Turandot, or Turandot. It seems like people really disagree on how to pronounce that. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not trained in opera, actually, so I, I'm not the one to, to ask. Even the opera people seem to disagree. Okay, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, go ahead, Puccini. Yeah, okay, so yeah, we're seeing the, the beginnings of the blues and jazz, and then now we're seeing the final flowering of opera at the same time. Mm-hmm. This, I don't know, maybe the most famous opera aria of all time. Um, you've heard it a billion times, even though even if you don't think you've heard it yet. Um I, I wanted to listen to Luciano Pavarotti singing this. I listened to dozens of recordings of this, <laughs> which was really fun. <laughs> it's, it's a truly beautiful thing. Yeah, sure. uh, but he holds the high C an insanely long time. Yeah, it's uh, goosebumps time. Uh, one YouTube commenter said, he's holding it longer than I can hold a job. <laughs> <laughs> We'll move on with a tune from a, a couple of composers I have not heard of. I have, however, heard of the artist who's playing the tune. That's Django Reinhardt. But um, tell us about this. I'll see you in my dreams. Yeah, it was, I don't know, like a just a pop tune from back then. Uh, I don't know if it was written for a show or whatever. Um, but, yeah, we get to do two things. We get to, to look at old music, but then we get to look at old recordings, mm-hmm. too. Uh, so Django Reinhardt uh, recorded this in 1939, and I'll use any excuse to play him.
uh, we'll move along then um, from Django to uh, another great artist uh, from the 30s, um, but but again, playing a tune from 1924. This is Benny Goodman with Nobody's Sweetheart. Yeah, this was recorded in 1936. Uh, amazing piano work with uh, from Teddy Wilson and Gene Krupa on drums, mm, of course, mm-hmm. who is who is a madman on the drums. Um, Benny Goodman is w- with him on a trio. I just love this recording. mentioned we of course we're going to get to the gershwins uh at one point uh lady be good of ella fitzgerald of course yeah their first broadway hit lady be good uh 1924 mm-hmm. now it's free to us so yeah use it at will um yeah ella fitzgerald took this and ran with it uh this is recorded in 1947 and this is uh, an example par excellence of her scat uh, abilities um that's Bob Haggart's band that she's singing with. Lady Be Good. I love this. Sweet and lovely, Lady Be Good. Oh, Lady Be Good to me. Cause I'm so awfully misunderstood. Oh, Lady, oh, Lady, oh, Lady Be Good to me. Say I'm all alone in this big city of New York. Won't somebody please have pity, 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 pity on me? Just a lonesome babe, babe in the woods. Oh, lady, oh, lady, oh, lady, be good to me. I lost my yellow basket. 
Can't really go wrong with Ella Fitzgerald and Billie Holiday doing Gershwin back to back. Oh man, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have done two female singers, but uh, <laughs> I think you should. They're both amazing. <laughs> this is a 1939 recording. The man I love, Billie Holiday. out uh, with a tune I think people will probably recognize certainly from I, I think one of the biggest shows of the time uh, from No No Nanette uh, this is this is T for two yeah I didn't know this show went all the way back to 1924 okay yeah um, there's a couple of good tunes from this show uh, most versions you hear of this is really hackenide I remember um, when Johnny Carson would bomb and the piano player yeah. would start playing right. T for two and he'd yeah. start tap dancing. <laughs> this is an antidote to that, to that. Art Tatum is an amazing piano player. If you haven't listened to him closely, he he mostly does uh, solo piano. I don't think there's a band that could keep up with him. Well, really. I'm technically, yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the greatest uh, who's ever lived. Yeah, it's miraculous. And blind, right? Uh, yeah, he had he had uh, seeing problems. I don't know if he was 100% blind, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, really interesting cat. Check out Art Tatum playing T for Two. All right, Mark. Uh, well, 1924, uh, a really good year. Uh, it's it's nice to know we'll be able to hear some of these tunes a, a little more often, and uh, I'm looking forward to 1925 next year. Yeah, Happy New Year, Fletcher. <laughs> you as well.
Thank you.